Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of our Wednesday night study entitled A Study of Prayer based on the book How to Pray by Ronnie Floyd. Since this is a discussion-based study, we have edited out the comments made by those in attendance due to the fact that they do not have a microphone. May you draw closer to God each day in your prayer life. Lesson 20, Praying for Others, How to Pray for Your Church. Uh, Two lessons short of finishing the book. So tonight and next week are the last two. Uh, We have been, I've enjoyed this study of prayer. I hope you've gleaned some from it to give some direction to our prayers. But uh, in the last several times that we've met, the heading that we've been praying is praying for others. Uh, And we have studied praying for the sick. We have studied praying uh, for the family. And last week we, we just... Ask the Lord to bless us as we pray for our pastors. And uh, uh, I've had feedback about that, and I'm so thankful for the prayers that you give to the Lord for, on behalf of your pastors uh, and the leaders of the congregation. Uh, as someone reminded me this week, you know, the pastors really are on the cr- in the crosshairs of Satan because if Satan can take down the pastor, he can take down the church. Uh, and so just... Keep us in your prayers for protection and God's wisdom and his grace upon us. All right, but tonight we are going to talk about praying for your church. So if you take a few notes, you might want to write down a few of these things. Uh, Praying for your church. We're going to move straight into it. There are five ways that you can effectively pray for your church. Of course, again, this is a book. Uh, uh, on prayer and developing a strong prayer life is written by Ronnie Floyd. Uh, And I'll tell you again next week, but if any of you are interested, uh, I've got a clean copy of the book if you'd like to have it to read it. Uh, I've got a a brand new copy of it. I'd be glad if you'd like to catch back up with something you missed over the study of the book. And you can also take my my copy that's marked all the pieces, but you can sure take it and uh, use it if you'd like. Uh, And I'll have them with me next week. But five ways to pray for your church. Uh, So here's number one. Pray for your church to experience revival. The manifest presence of God. You know, so often we... We, at least in the Baptist church, when we mention the word revival, we think about a few days in August. Uh, And uh, in my tenure here this past August, we completed 40 revivals as far as those few days of a week in August that we have revival services. But revival should be ongoing. My, My prayer is that the church experiences revival on a regular basis as we worship together, as we fellowship together, as we meet together as brothers and sisters, that we are drawn by the Holy Spirit to reach people within our church, within our community, and outside of us in the world. Psalm 85, verses 6 and 7 say this. Uh, Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. So I'm pretty sure that the old revival hymn, uh, Revive Us Again, comes right directly out of that verse. Wilt thou not revive us again? Psalm 85. Revival is not a one-week event, but rather it is a journey of walking in and following the presence of God. Revival for the church should be our constant desire. 
Uh, someone once said, and I, I agree with it wholly, I wish I could tell you who it was, but somewhere I read, you know, that there's no such thing as a church that treads water. There's no such thing as a church that's in a static state. The church is either going forward or sinking downward. And there is no in-between. There is no tread water. We're just at one spot and staying here. The church is always a, a dynamic organization because we have the power of a living God that inspires us and empowers us and moves us. But if we move away from that power and we think we can do it on our own, or we get to the point that we just don't care, the church is going to be falling backward. There's no such thing as trading water. So the church is either moving forward or sinking downward. So our prayer for the church to experience revival is on an ongoing basis where the heart of God's people are warmed by Him. That love is evident in the church body, and there is a desire to follow Him that is not just in the hearts of the leaders of the church, but is the church in general. It, it's wonderful that the pastors and the deacons and church leaders and our Sunday school teachers feel like we need to follow God. But that has to be infectious that the entire church feels that way. That all of us, united together by the Spirit of God, you know, your, your, your leaders, your pastors, your deacons, we're, we're just parts... Of the, of the mechanism of the living body of the church. There has to be a leadership role here, but everybody has an equal role here. Everybody equally ties in to the dynamic forward movement of the church. It's not just leadership. It's all of us who want to tie together to fulfill the Great Commission and follow the Lord in a passionate, ongoing ministry. All of us should be tied into that. However God talents you to do that, whether that is in a leadership role or holding the babies or cleaning up after the meetings or whatever it is, all of us are imperative to the forward movement of the church. So I hope you feel that. I hope that you want that. Worship is going to be expectant. Uh, we're, we're looking for the Lord to meet with us in worship. It is joyful. It is concentrated. You know, if someone says to me, worship is drudgery, we failed. When I get up on Sunday morning, I am looking forward to being with my family. Uh, and, you know, when, when a parent comes through, uh, in fact, this just happened last week. Uh, a little girl, about six, eight or ten years old, got up and said, is today Sunday? And Daddy said, it sure is. And she said, yes, that's what I want. I want us old people to do that too. Yes, it's Sunday. Yes, we're going to worship together. I, I love that. Uh, there are going to be people who are moved by the Spirit of God. There are going to be people who are regularly saved. There are people who are joining the ministry and the body of Christ, wanting to be a part of reaching the world through this family. So the church in revival is, is not concentrated on what we can do. You know what a church in revival is concentrated on? We want to follow what God can do. Because if we, if we think only in terms of what we can do, and we think only in terms of what we can accomplish, we are severely limiting God. Because God can do so much more. In fact, the guy that wrote this book, Ronnie Floyd, he, I heard him preach at SBCV a year or two ago, and he said God can do more in a second 
than you and I can do in a lifetime. And we need to depend on that power. It goes far beyond what we can do. But it is amazing if the vessels of God are surrendered to Him, what He can do through us. He can do far more through us than we could ever plan to do ourselves. That's a church in revival. Wanting to give the Lord the opportunity and the, our will that He would use us. That's the attitude the world needs to see in the church. And we live in that mindset of revival. Pray for your church to constantly be in a state of revival. Number two, pray for your church to be a house of prayer. I'm sure you remember when Jesus cleansed the temple of the money changers and the salesmen. We see it in, we see it in Matthew 21, 13. Uh, he defines the church of God not as a house of ministry. He, he doesn't call it a house of worship. He doesn't call it a house of scripture. He calls it a house of prayer. That's Jesus' definition of the house of God. It's the foundation of all ministry. It's the foundation of preaching. It's the foundation of teaching and outreach that we pray for the will of God. You can say, well, wait a minute, isn't the Bible? Yes, the Bible, of course, is that foundation stone. But if we're people of prayer, it's going to drive us to the Word of God. When we pray, God, we want your Word to be taught and preached at Clifford Baptist Church, it's going to take us, that prayer is going to take us directly to His Word. So absolutely the Word's a part of that. There, there, you know, there are so many pieces and parts that play in as a, in a dynamic church, the Word being the centerpiece. But prayer is what even brings us there. We have to be a house of prayer before we can be anything else. Uh, it's the foundation of all ministry. Uh, Ronnie Floyd in this book says, The schools of America are in desperate need to return to prayer. The, and, and we could expand that. That the leaders of our schools and the leaders of our country, there's a desperate need for our leadership to return back to prayer. Because basically what has slowly but surely happened over the years is that we've worked God and prayer out of the system. Thinking that we're smart enough to do it on our own. And we're wise enough to create our own laws. And we're wise enough to lead ourselves. And we don't need God's help. And so prayer has been inched and edged out of every corner and our nation needs to return back to it. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here. I know you know that. Uh, but we need to pray for our nation to come back to true prayer as well as to pray for our church to be a place of prayer. Uh, of, and, and prayer is passionate. And prayer is surrender. And prayer is sincere. Uh, pray for us to be experiencing the fulfillment of prayer. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it says this, When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. Now, that last word is definitive of the people of God. That we walk into the world not trying to hide the word and not trying to hide the fact that we're believers. We're not trying to be chameleons that just uh, blend into the, to the, the society we live in. 
but rather boldly means we're going to stand up, stand out, and proclaim what needs to be heard. And that takes courage, uh, and that takes a willingness to, to undergo persecution at times because we're willing to be that bold about it. But that's the effect of answered prayer, boldness to proclaim the Word of God. Acts 4.31, when they prayed, the place they were assembled was shaken with the power of God, and they were filled with the Spirit, wanting to be bold. So we, we are people of prayer, and we pray for boldness. Number three, pray for your church to be a great commission church. Of course, you all know the Great Commission, Matthew 28, the last verses of Matthew 28. Uh, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So as we think about the Great Commission, you will notice it says that we are absolutely to take the gospel out for people to be saved. That in verse 19, we want to baptize people through the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We want to baptize them. We We want people to be saved. But also in verse 20, it says, and we also teach them to observe whatsoever I've commanded you. So that means not only do we see them saved, but we also see them discipled. We train them, we teach them, we put them on that path of sanctification. You know, when you're saved, you're justified. But as you step onto the path of salvation, then for the rest of your life, you're being sanctified. You're following uh, the Word and you're following the will of God. And prayerfully, you want to grow in that life of sanctification. You want to grow to be more like Jesus every day. So it's more than just seeing people saved. The Great Commission encompasses salvation, but it also encompasses discipleship. That's why we meet to study the Word, why we open the Word. We want to be making disciples for the Lord uh, from those who are saved. Okay, so we want to pray for our church to be a Great Commission church with the mind to reach out to our Jerusalem and our Judea and our Samaria and on out to the uttermost parts of the world. We start here at home. Uh, You know, missions starts right here off the doorstep. And if we ever simply say, you know, we want to support missions around the world and so we're looking at foreign countries, yes, absolutely, we should be doing that. But we can't do it to the exclusion of missions right here at home, right here at our doorstep and very close to us. Uh, so it be, missions begin locally and then expand on out to internationally. Uh, amazingly to me, when we pray to be a great commission church, and obviously you've been praying for that, and I say that because I am amazed at the doorways that are being opened to us right now in this particular era of time, and I've said this before, I'm sure I'll say it again, but you know the streaming thing, it's just that, that camera right there connects us to the world in a way that I've never imagined could ever happen. That little camera right there. We're putting in and starting to get the whole new system in pretty soon. But that one little camera connects us to the world right now. Uh, amazing. Amazing that right now we have been somehow touched the world over a million times. Uh, 10,000 followers out there in the world on Facebook right now. Uh, I'd, I'd, have never, I'd have never thought it. But what I'm saying is keep praying. 
not for streaming. That's going to take care. God's going to take care of that. Pray for us to be a great commission church. Pray for us to have a passion for souls. Pray for us to have a passion for people one by one. You know, it's, it's easy to say, Lord, we, we want to save the world. But, but think about that person who crosses your path every day who's lost. A great commission church is going to see the one as well as see the world. So we have to have eyes that are wide enough to see the entirety of the world, but focused enough that we see that one person right in front of us who needs Jesus. That's a great commission church. We don't let people fall through the cracks, but we see every person who has, has need. Uh, so whenever a church concentrates on being a great commission church, uh, we're going to be looking at the world. You know, a lot of, again, I'm not throwing a rock at any church or any denomination, but, but when the church gets to the point that we look at only our self-preservation, when we can think only about taking care of ourselves and building what we need and taking care of our needs and putting things in that's going to minister to our people, when we, when we, when we get to the point that we're only in self-preservation mode, taking care of ourselves, we cease to be a Great Commission church. We have to have eyes for the world, for the lost, for those outside these doors. We, can't, we do want to take care of the church body. We do want to take care of the church family. Uh, we do want to make sure that the comforts are here, uh, that disinfecting is, doing, is taking place for uh, the family to be safe. We want to take care of ourselves, but we can't do that exclusively to the world. We have to be looking at others. Okay, number four. Uh, pray for the needs of your church family. So we do look at the word, at uh, uh, at, uh, prayer and the word of God to minister to people here in our midst. Pray for our sick. We pray for our grieving. We pray for our homebound. We pray for those who are hurting through addiction or uh, divorce or family trauma. And, And you know, all of that takes place in the family of the church. You know, if we ever say, well, we don't have those problems, you've got your head in the sand somewhere. Uh, the church itself has a need that we need to take care of those needs in our very midst. Uh, we pray for our special projects. We pray for the raising of money uh, for mission outreach. We, we pray for those things that the Lord will just speak through us. You know, in uh, Vision Virginia, we, we started out Sunday morning with less than half of our goal. Uh, we're, we got way past it on Sunday. It's amazing to me, church. We, you know, the goal was 5,000. It's way up in the 6,000 somewhere. So, and usually it's never done right there, but praise God. God's people here are amazing in the way that you cover the needs. Uh, and and uh, we need to pray for our outreach through missions, our vacation Bible school, uh, our expansion of ministry, however God calls us to do that. Pray for your the needs of your church family. And fifthly, uh, pray, and this is an interesting one, pray for the time in our services for pastoral prayer. Pray for time in our services that we don't just push prayer in a niche and say, well, we've got to have prayer right here in this worship service, so Pastor Clyde will give you a minute and a half to push in a prayer here. Because uh, we got a lot to do. So let's just kind of push God over to the side, give him a minute and a half, and then we'll move on. So he says in this book, be sure 
that you give time to the Lord in prayer when you worship. Uh, don't crowd him out with other stuff like announcements. Uh, you know, <laughs> I've been working 40 years and I still can't get rid of announcements, but one of these days, Clyde. Now, Lance, Clyde said, if you, Clyde said he heard somewhere along the way, I can tell you, I don't, it, it better not have been here. But he just said, you know, we're running short on time, so we're going to skip the prayer and take up the offering. Mm. So heard, you heard that live. Mm. We do need to do it. And we're going to do it right now. Uh, amazingly, we have 10 minutes. <clears throat> you know, it's a delicate balance here. I want you to have time for your prayer concerns, and I want us to have time to open the Word, but we have to have time for prayer. Uh, so let me, just, let me just open the floor, and uh, please do pray as God leads you to. And Pastor Clyde, you jump in. You've got a long list tonight, but let's just let's, let's, let's get in that zone and let's pray together. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you will join us on our next podcast.